This is Film Club. We are big. It's the podcast that got small. Get ready for your close-ups, hide from the car impounders, and bury your dead chimps because it's time to talk about the spellbinding tragedy that is Sunset Boulevard. All right. So I'm the one who picked this. That means it's your turn to pick or uh, to choose the connection. Did you identify it? I thought it was maybe the card game. Okay. Card game connection. Good. We'll throw it over to our capital regime, see what they have to say. Someone said one of the characters is trying for a comeback. Someone is killed by gunshot. Two people looked at the age differences between the romance. Mm-hmm. Um, one person said sometimes you stumble into people's lives and it can have both good and bad consequences. Like when Colorado stumbled into the like helping out John Wayne versus when Bill Holden stumbled into Gloria Swanson's life. All very great connections. I completely forgot about the card game, honestly, which is a shame because it's one of the best parts of the film. With Buster. But I said the main connection was murder, specifically shooting someone in the back. But the deep cut hidden connection is I love Lucy celebrities. <laughs> oh. Because she meets John Wayne, but she also meets William Holden. So... You're right. Those are like the two episodes I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, since not everyone's a deep I Love Lucy fan, it's really about murder, but great connections all around. So I picked this film. It's just one of those hallmark films that are, you know, it's included in a lot of the top lists and very highly rated. Something that I came across in my film studies, but never actually watched until it was on our film poster. I think that was the main impetus for us watching it two years ago last year I don't remember oh I thought it was like three years ago okay yeah it's been a while since we watched it. so we have watched it together but I was just thinking like I it's one I wanted to revisit and this seemed like a good platform to kind of think about it on a deeper level and rewatch because I know the first time I watched it I was just like in awe with everything so to watch it again the second time knowing everything that happens was so fun to just watch the acting and the story play out I kind of was just gonna go through my notes that I took during the film but if you want to pop in and just say this is kind of more like first impressions and then we can get into some more serious like theme discussions later I'll just say I think I liked it better the second time because I knew what to expect and I wasn't just like, I don't know, wishing it would go a different way. Mm. Since I knew how it was going to end, I, I could enjoy it more, I think, than okay. being like, no, you just got to get out of there. <laughs> to to Bill, Bill's character? Yep. Okay. I should have written down his name. I always forget it. Gillis. I love the opening. I think it's such a, a clever way to introduce it with the street and focusing like only on the street as you see all the credits roll by. Mm-hmm. But we, of course, we start out with a murder akin to Tangled. I was thinking like you start out with this, someone dies, but we're going to oh, watch yeah. the, the play out of a story. This I, is a story of how I died. Yes. <laughs> I love that underwater shot. It's so cool how they did it. I mean, like it looks a little goofy, but like... I love it. It's so cool. It looks awesome. I love how much this film relies on setting. Sunset Boulevard is the title. The street's so important, um, where the house is, and then also the Paramount Gates, 
which I think I was extra excited about after just watching The Offer. <laughs> but it's a classic film film noir from the get-go with the narration and this, like, kind of, you know, some of the witty wisecracks that they do and the alliteration and just the laid-back tone of Bill Holden. Have we seen another Bill Holden film? Or is this the only he's one? He's in Bridge Over the River Kwai. That's right. Um, I think he's in something else, too. I feel like I haven't seen very many of his films, so I just have, like, very specific impressions of him from, like, I Love Lucy in this one. But um, I do love a meta movie, a movie about making movies. Mm-hmm. And gotta start out with a good old car chase. <laughs> oh, he's also in Network. Oh, that's right. He's oh, so old. Man. Yeah. Old man Bill. We can add this to the list of movies where people stare out of windows. <laughs> What the? Also included on that list is The Godfather. <laughs> oh, and look look at other people through windows? Yeah, when Beto's looking out at Michael. But at the very beginning, she's like, isn't she staring out the window? Waiting for the guy to come? It like zooms in on the window. Norma Desmond. Gloria Swanson. My goodness. I just adore her. Her entrance, she's just so good from the get-go. She's just mesmerizing to watch. And as she says, like, I can say anything I want with my eyes. It's so true. She has, like, the most intense, expressive eyes and the way that she uses her hands to just express character. Like, ooh, I can watch her all day. I love her so much. (laughs) I do, like, sometimes the, the voiceover monologues can be a little on the nose and a little goofy or just, like, a little too film noir for my taste. But sometimes they are just, like, really spot on brilliant and eerie i love how they talk about the ghost of a tennis court many midnights ago just like some of these like spookier lines mm-hmm. i love it and then we had a great toccata and fugue show up playing the organ i wish i could just be woken up like that all of a sudden oh, my organ max, just playing max vibing at the organ was my favorite part <laughs> he he just loves it and he's so good at it and he excels because he could like carry on a conversation and not miss a single note. Like that's hard to do. I'm very impressed. <laughs> and he'll keep going even though he can tell you don't really like it. <laughs> Whatever, I'm having fun. Don't interrupt Max's opera time or uh, organ time. <laughs> I love when they're watching her old films though, and they're like the smoke gets up in the projector light, and then when mm. it like illuminates her, oh, some amazing scene setup. Oof, I love it. And then Buster Keaton showing up. Totally forgot about that. But You forgot about that? Yeah. This I love this blend between fiction and reality. Like they don't play other movie stars. Like I'm pretty sure she refers to them. Does that doesn't she? I don't know, maybe not. But Well, she definitely re- um refers to the director. Right. The Cecil. He's he plays himself. Yeah. And I feel like in the credits, it's like Buster Keaton as himself. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember until I saw the credits. But and then also for you wonderful life fans out there, Mr. Gower also makes an appearance at that card table. And I think Hedda Hopper is also there. <laughs> I wrote down, I want to go dramatically flirt at a crowded party <laughs> <laughs> on New Year's. This also could be added to the list of movies that play Auld Lang Syne, which that list would be quite lengthy. Oh, Yeah. I just love these frames of Gillis, uh, Bill Holden's character. He's in the background and then like there's something story important going on in the foreground. So like Max is playing the piano, but you see Bill getting annoyed in the background. And then like you see her slit wrists 
in the foreground and then later he's in the background like there's just these really cool framing devices where there's something like really intense happening and then you see him always kind of lingering and being a part of it in the background which I think echoes kind of like how he feels like he could leave but he doesn't and like there's something that is still pulls him and holds him in I love Miss Schaefer's character I forgot her first name but I feel like she not Betty maybe I don't know I feel like there's in film noir the genre I think women either are like the femme fatale where they're just like these sexy vamps or like really purely innocent and I feel like she was this interesting cross between that where she was like very independent and very intelligent and very ambitious but she and she was also like not like she's kind of dating his friend but then she's totally flirting with Bill Holden like she but she wasn't this like complete sexual device either you know not really pretty face exactly I really loved her character I thought it was she was very unique and very strong oh my gosh I love Gloria Swanson's Charlie Chaplin impression so oh my gosh she's so good at it gave me such good Halloween vibes I think I thought of you. <laughs> and she's like, okay, sit down. I'm going to go do my impressions. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> Guilty. I love the rear view mirror shot. Like um, Billy Wilder, the director, does such an incredible job framing this. Like the cinematography is just so fascinating, especially for 1950s. I feel like it was very uh, bold and daring. I also love when she's in the studio and she's sitting on her chair and like all this is happening and she's like comfortable because that's she's back in the world where she is but everything has changed so much and the microphone comes and hits her feather that's on her hat and it's like the silent era is gone and it like here is this visual representation of the microphone disrupting her Mm -hmm. making her uncomfortable like oh just these small little scenes echo so much of what is happening in the storyline they show so much instead of just telling it i love that part so much <laughs> i also wrote down cecil is not a good actor <laughs> oh, there's a reason why he was not in, in movies <laughs> he's a great director it's a good thing he's on that side of the camera okay maybe this is the biggest movie list of all that you'll be excited about a bowling alley is referenced it's not necessarily shown oh. but Maybe there could be a (laughs) a separate list of bowling alley references. Just, yeah, again, so many fun camera movements. Like there's the part where I can't remember exactly what's happening, but it pans up and she's like in the railings. She's like watching him. (gasps) Oh, I love that shot. Oh, so many fun parts. And also just at the very end when there's like the the movie cameras there, the the press like when the light is reflecting off of it so mm, I love it so much but that ending is just one of the most fantastic endings of of any film where you see this path that she takes from she starts out as this really uh, eccentric person to a really pathetic figure to very destructive like it's just this demoralizing this path of destruction that you see her go on so those were all my my thoughts while I was watching. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we plunge into our deeper reviews? Yeah, I I also had in my notes those scenes that you like the camera work, um, like the over the shoulder shots of mm-hmm. her bedroom from his perspective, or mm. yeah, of her on the stairs. I loved that looking down on him. I think him with Betty, and then she's up on the stairs just watching it. Yes, all that's what it is. Oh, it's so good. Her house was giving me some real 
Tower of Terror vibes. <gasps> the uh, Hollywood Tower. How thrilling! No wonder well, I love this movie. It's just like spooky. <laughs> and her boat bed. <laughs> <laughs> I also use the word meta with like she's not playing herself, but everyone else is. Mm. She and yeah. Like when she goes to the set, it's like all these people that are actually real people playing themselves. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other section of people that are acting. Um, my favorite quote is when um, Joe is flirting and says, I must say that you smell real special. <laughs> <laughs> real, a real charmer. <laughs> oh, I remember the first time I watched it. I didn't know if it was because I just didn't like know William Holden very well but like I did not realize that was him in the swimming pool I'm sure more people who know him would be like oh how he's dying and he's narrating and and now he's not dead but he's gonna die but I had no idea so like but then I kind of caught on to it at the end that it was gonna happen but I don't think my like I watched it with Andrew and my mom I don't think Andrew realized that was him Mm, at the beginning yeah (laughs) I can't remember he said something and I was like, just wait and <laughs> trying not to spoil it. Right. My other favorite thing, all the letterbox reviews were like, this is my kind of woman where she finds out what his zodiac sign is and instantly trusts him because of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> she is an icon. <laughs> Did some reading about Gloria Swanson. And some of our capital regimes will hint to some of this as well. But she was an early film actress and kind of had a similar life to Norma Desmond, the character. But she actually went and did voice work. So, like, didn't become this obscure, washed up old actress. Unlike Mary Pickford, who I feel a strong connection to because I dressed up as her for my 1910s family party. She was a, like a probably one of the most famous early film actresses. And then with the advent of talkies and different things like that really got kind of booted out of the system. And so in some ways this movie is in tribute to her. And I don't think she was quite as eccentric or destructive as Norma Desmond, but just the way that Hollywood and fame can treat these actresses who had like such an intense purpose and presence in life and then suddenly find themselves forgotten and left out Um, And just like how damaging that can be. And fame, truly, I think we see that today a lot as well through be that like Britney Spears or Michael Jackson or different people that you just see be really tortured and punished by what fame can do to them. Mm -hmm. I didn't know whether to read this film as a, is this Norma's fault? Like, is it, I think it's such a condemnation of the way that holiday, holiday, Hollywood works and how fame works and how fickle it can be quoting Gilderoy (laughs) (laughs) um but is it a more of a a warning tale of those who can't adapt or change as things progress or move is it about those who are left behind and, and what can we do with that that story some other things I was thinking about were there's a lot of discussion of obsession in this. Obviously, Norma has a lot of self-obsession, but I think it's more to the feelings of importance or um, having a purpose, being adored, doing the work um, that she loved so much as an actress. But then also Max has a very weird obsession with her where it's revealed that he's 
the ex-husband but he's like sticking around and he writes these fan letters to her and like why is he so obsessed with Norma but not like getting her actual help like he's you know like he's so clings to the past yeah like he's just as obsessed with her former glory as much as she is and then Gillis I think is also chasing this success like he talks about like should I just go back to where I came from but he is so committed to trying to achieve some sort of level of um, glory as well and I think he gets sucked into Norma's spiral in some way I was also thinking of these definitions of success was she only successful because of the fan letters or like was it enough to just be surrounded by pictures of her former glory and watching these old films or was it like she needed some external definition of success that came from these fan letters because I'm like she did have friends she had Buster and Hedda and whoever plays Mr. Gower so it's not like she was like completely isolated and alone and when she comes back to the studio people are excited to see her so I feel like in some ways she cut herself off as much as anything you know like yeah how much of this is situational based and how much of it is her own choices that led her to be going down such a destructive spiral maybe she was afraid of the change in that she wouldn't be as successful with the change yeah like the the kind of star that she was before and so she just decided to pretend it never happened and yeah cut herself off from cling to cling to a past that couldn't continue to be Mm. The pool imagery was so fascinating because when he comes, it's empty and like crawling with rats. And then eventually it becomes clean and it's filled with water and they go out and they're swimming and they're enjoying it. And then eventually it becomes his grave site in some ways. I'm sure they pulled out his body, but like there's <laughs> something. Playing. Yeah, there's something there that's so fascinating of like he comes and sh- is the pool representation of her. Like she's this empty, washed up kind of rat infested shell of a person and then does he like bring enough vim or vigor and add to his life but in the end is not good for I don't know it just is this there's something about the pool there that I'm like ah I want to I want to work with it more and think about it more it's just fascinating to me I can't believe she didn't win best actress she didn't who did no Judy Holiday for some movie called Born Yesterday ah Well, it's not the first time someone's been snubbed, and it won't be the last. I don't. I've never even heard of that movie. Oh, guess who's also in it? William Holden. Ah, <laughs> he's all over the the 1950s. Such an interesting tragedy. I don't know if it's Shakespearean or Dickensian, but I think there there's like a review I read that reference. Oh no, no, he talks about it in his monologue. She reminds him of. What is that? Do you know what I'm talking about? The one who's in her wedding dress and it she stays in it and it fades away. Miss Haversham in Great oh, Expectations. Great Expectations. There it is. Remembered I had written that down as the potential connection for another movie. Ah, uh, oh I see. Like you're saying, clinging to this past, not being able to adapt or move forward into the future. Path of self-destruction. Are we our own enemies? My last thoughts were I liked, I want to call it a timeless timepiece because I don't really think you can tell this story at any other time in film history. Like, it's so specific to what's happening in Hollywood, not only moving from the talkies to, or like from silent films to talkies, but just the era of Hollywood and 
because I, I just feel like 1950s Hollywood is so distinct and specific coming after World War II, but before a lot of more independent um, studios kind of pop up, like kind of how the ways that studios would control their actors or how they were actors were like licensed or contracted to certain studios and kind of didn't have really agents representing them for a long time. So I feel like it's very much stuck in time, but it's also a very timeless movie. You don't have to know all that's happening at the time to really understand the tragedy and the spiraling that occurs. But yeah, I don't think you can tell the story not in black and white. I don't think you can tell the story having it not set in the 50s. Having Cecil be a part of it is so important and really grounding. And yeah, there's this blur between reality and fiction that I think you were touching upon earlier too that just makes it such a fascinating film. Oh, I love it so much. I could talk about it forever but you think they shouldn't remake it oh yeah i i mean unless they like no because you could (laughs) never touch gloria swanson's performance like she is such an icon she's so incredible i can't watch this film and just just not be not those are my thoughts again i could keep talking about this forever i truly do love this film i think it's masterfully done unless like bill holden's character his whole side doesn't really interest me as much as just this fascination of Norma Desmond and the way that she can control the scene and just how she's such a a formidable woman but how fragile and weak she also is so fascinating I love it but let's go ahead and throw over to our capo regimes here's some of their thoughts I'll go over their stats quickly okay favorite characters Um, we had a vote for Norma a vote for Artie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no rip Artie! <laughs> and a vote for max did you have a favorite character the dead chimpanzee <laughs> <laughs> i think i'd say max because that organ wow <laughs> it really took you of course i'm singing norma she's amazing i really the first time we watched this i was so inspired to have like an old-timey hollywood era party Party. and I would show up as Norma so really my reasoning for picking this movie was just so people would know who Norma Desmond is because I will be here one day (laughs) (laughs) whether in in costume or in real life (laughs) I I see myself headed in that washed up spiraling (laughs) shooting people in the back drama yeah so you can all trace it back to this all right favorite scene we have a vote for Norma and Cecil at Paramount Studios bridge game with Buster Keaton when Joe, that's his first name. I was just calling him Gillis. When Joe went upstairs and saw the dead monkey and when they buried the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the dancing scene until she said she had fallen in love with him and that ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a favorite scene? I liked when they were doing the tango and then, uh, again, the organ. The organ. <laughs> when he's just sitting there just like. <laughs> Going to town. Yes. <laughs> Um, I would say probably just any time she's on screen, but probably at the studio or honestly when they're watching her pictures and she's like getting so riled up and talking about how they don't make the pictures like they used to. Mm-hmm. The ratings, we had five out of five, three out of five and four out of five rankings. We had someone ranked it fourth, someone ranked it last and someone ranked it second to last. So I mean, high ratings, but didn't rank very well in the in the lineup. I'll be so fascinated to see everybody's end of year list as well as yours and mine. I know. I feel like all the ratings are high. Like all the movies we pick are good. So <laughs> That's true. 
Okay, let's go ahead and read. This is from George. From one of the greatest directors of all time so far, Billy Wilder at his best, but when is he not? So fun to see Buster Keaton, Hedda Hopper, and Cecil B. DeMille playing themselves in a compelling mix of fiction and reality, especially because of the influence DeMille had in making Gloria Swanson a star and calling her young fella in the movie as he had done in life. Oh. So he actually knew Gloria Swanson. Mm-hmm. Even this title has at least a double meaning. Sunset Boulevard, where Hollywood began, but also the aging or outdated stars in the sunset of their careers and lives. The rundown mansion echoes that too. The shadowy beauty and contrast of the black and white photography is stunning and striking and lends itself to the film noir much better than color, I think. It was a highly praised film at the time because of how it portrayed Hollywood, how it uses people and discards them and has stood the test of time, at least in evaluation of the American Film Institute, which ranked as number 12 on its list of the best 100 films of the 20th century. But it was not without controversy, as it offended some in the Hollywood community because of its honesty. A quote from Cecil B. DeMille himself, a dozen press agents working overtime can do terrible things to the human spirit. Swanson's character study of Norma Desmond is brilliant and haunting, so sad and so tragic, because she can't accept reality and so creates her own. Without me, there would be no Paramount. And of course, the famous, and rightly so, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille, so powerful and yet nuanced. And when I see William Holden, all I can think about is the I Love Lucy episode he is in. Ha 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 ha. His wrestling with financial security over love, trapped by wealth until he realizes who he really is, adds a complex layer. Max's role, is he a toxic villain or a loving protector? These quotes capture my feeling. Arguably the greatest movie about Hollywood, Billy Wilder's masterpiece Sunset Boulevard is a tremendously entertaining combination of noir, black comedy, and character study from Rotten Tomatoes. It remains the best drama ever made about the movies because it sees through the illusions. Roger Ebert. The Wikipedia article has a lot of interesting details well worth reading about. P.P.S. <laughs> best picture in 1950 went to All About Eve, starring Betty Davis as aging actress. And I suggest watching that too as a companion piece. Two great films. Ranked number 60 on the, on the top 100. I love All About Eve. I know you do. I feel like we watched those pretty close back to back, too, for some mm-hmm. reason in my mind. Well, probably because they're on the poster so close to each other because they're from the same year. Yeah. I would recommend All About Eve. All About Eve is really good. I think I like Sunset Boulevard a little bit more just because it has a bit more of the dramatic flair that speaks to my soul. But All About Eve is very good. And I remember you loved it from the get go. All right, thank you. And moving on to the next one, it will be, this is from Catherine. Uh, Once again, I have Film Club to thank for introducing me to films I don't think I ever would have seen otherwise. I didn't really know what to expect going into Sunset Boulevard, but it definitely struck a creepier note than I expected. Norma was very unsettling, as was her faithful ex-husband turned butler. I'm not sure how I feel about Max. In some ways, he seemed to assign himself the guilt of Norma's current existence and was somehow paying a penance and staying there. Yet by sending her fan letters, he was sort of enabling her delusions to continue. I thought it was all well acted, and I finally know the source of that famous quote at the end. I had only seen William Holden in the I Love Lucy episode, so I enjoyed seeing him act. He frustrated me too, though. I kept wanting him to get out of Norma's spiderweb as she she spun around him. Come on, Joe. Ohio was where is that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My favorite scene was definitely when Norma was playing bridge with Buster Keaton. That was such a fun touch. 
This film also made me think a lot about the movie The Artist, which felt like a much happier take on the subject, though I don't think the artist was trying to rewrite Sunset Boulevard. Overall, five out of ten on the creepy scale. <laughs> Just a side note, Charles gets way more fan mail than Norma. <laughs> That's a uh, reference to when Catherine Elizabeth would overdub Little House on the Prairie. They like made Charles, the dad, like a very famous celebrity in the town. <laughs> I was talking to her about this recently, and she brought up some interesting article she'd read on it where they compared Norma to Dracula and Max to the Phantom of the Opera, which I love because she Norma does say like this very kind of preying upon yeah. Yeah. creature of the night. Can't go outside into the light. Mm-hmm. And Max is this like obsessive, love-driven organ player. <laughs> we'll play the organ while you're sleeping. <laughs> so, but I loved that. Like, it's so funny. I, this movie never really struck me as one that was like kind of creepy. But maybe that's just because creepiness is in my soul always. So I'm like, yeah, this is normal. Yeah. So I, it's interesting to see them compared to these more iconic classic monster characters as well. Last one is from Jill. I watched Sunset Boulevard, and even though the plot made me a little sick to my stomach, I couldn't stop watching, so I guess that means it was a very well-made movie. It's true. My mom will get up and leave if she doesn't like it. <laughs> She'll get up and leave and go read the plot on Wikipedia, and then she won't She won't come back if she didn't like it. <laughs> the acting was great. Gloria Swanson does an amazing job and delivers some of the most famous lines in movie history. I remembered the I'm ready for my close-up line, but I had forgotten the I'm big, it's the pictures that got small quote. After watching it this time, I started wondering if Yzma from The Emperor's New Groove was based on Norma Desmond with her big expressive eyes and love for younger men. (laughs) (laughs) She's thought of Kronk. (laughs) I liked William Holden and can see why Norma fell for Joe. He's quite charming. I just feel bad that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. If only Norma's monkey hadn't died, they wouldn't have let him in the house, and Norma probably wouldn't have latched onto him so hard if she hadn't needed something to take its place. Max was great at being the totally devoted, orga-playing, monkey-bearing, butler-slash-ex-husband-slash-former director. Wow. <laughs> Such a title. I loved the mansion, the dance floor, the organ, the boat bed, the staircase, and all the details like the pictures of Norma, which were actually pictures of Gloria Swanson from her silent, st- silent film star career. I'm not a big fan of people manipulating others by attempting suicide and then killing them when they try to leave, but I can see why the movie is important in the world of film. Very well done and also very creepy. Um, Some very fun reviews from everyone. Thank you, Kappa Regimes. I feel like it's just this delusion that she wants to live in, that she doesn't really think it's weird that there's that age gap. You know, I think she still sees herself as this young, successful movie star, so why not be in love with William Holden? He's so in interested in that idea of being safe financially secure that he stays i don't know oh i love this movie so much um it's time if you're finished with your with any deep thoughts we have of it i think it's time to leave the gun take the cannoli so i have questions for you what activity would you be obsessively doing as a recluse currently i would be playing stardew valley (laughs) (laughs) which was referenced on a recent episode so yes i yeah get a little bit too addicted to it (laughs) what would someone say to you that would convince you to trust them instantly oh 
any Godfather reference. (laughs) (laughs) Instant trust. I was telling you my coworker quoted a like not very well known quote from the Godfather, and I was like, "You're my best friend now at at work." (laughs) Do you have a favorite movie studio? No. I do like have favorite directors and things. And so a lot of the same directors will use the same movie studios, but I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like the studio changes the movie mm-hmm. or like really affects the movie. And, and that's probably just cause I don't have any experience making a movie. So I don't know what all goes into it, but yeah, I don't, <laughs> I guess I would say Paramount. Not Amblin. Is that or Orion or Disney? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> you know what? Valid. It's valid at this point. Boo! With all these remakes, what would you mummify? <laughs> what creature would you be burying and and having a little funeral for it? Yeah. Any animal in the world? Um. Yeah. Definitely. A bat, like the large flying foxes that they have in Animal Kingdom. Oh, it would be so sad. (laughs) I would cry. Do you have a favorite Norma Desmond outfit? Oh, dang it. I did notice some of her outfits when she was wearing them, but I'll just say when it's New Year's Eve and they're dancing, Mm. the tango. (laughs) She has a boat bed. What kind of bed do you want? Oh my gosh. Oh my. What's a coffin bed? <laughs> I can't have every answer be a spooky answer, but I am. But I am. <laughs> um, We did have some quick cannoli questions from some Kepa regime. So first, how did William Holden get top billing when Gloria Swanson was clearly the star? I'm just going to chalk that up to... Bill Holden being a bit more famous at the time and also sexism. Um, the next one was, would you rather own a chimpanzee or have 20 glamour shots of yourself around your house? Glamour shots. Same. 20 glamour shots. I basically already have those around my room. Have you seen it? <laughs> <laughs> this is actually my favorite one. <laughs> what would a mentally unstable Vito Corleone say as he was descending the stairs in front of the cameras? <laughs> I don't apologize. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my gosh. It wasn't enough time, Michael. Oh, I said that to myself today. Oh, I'm drinking wine more. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Anyways, I'm drinking more. <laughs> well, that was Sunset Boulevard. Thanks for watching. Thanks for reviewing. Make sure you watch strictly ballroom this month and get those reviews in learn how to play toccata and fugue on the organ to wow lauren's heart that was film club or there's this (laughs) (laughs) who was that my dad oh